Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. We're excited uh, to actually record in person for the first time since like this podcast started. Uh, And we're with our friend, Danielle. So Danielle, you want to start by introducing yourself, uh, let our listeners know where you work and uh, what your job is. Okay, I am Danielle Lepke and I work for the Southeast Region Career and Tech Center out of Wapton. And I'm a career development counselor, but I work in Hankinson and the K-12 career development counselor. I also work in Weimar as the K-6 counselor. So I have a lot of different roles within the school. Um, And I also work uh, independent contract work as a licensed professional counselor. So Danielle, with everything going on right now with COVID and being shut down, with a lot of schools, where do you currently see mental health during this time in students and, and adults and teachers that you work with? Uh, most recently, I, I kind of see the stress of it, of COVID and everything in the schools with staff kind of overtaking. Um, I know our staff is stressed with having to teach in-person, online, distance learners and trying to differentiate all of that. And so I know their stress level is higher. Um, in students, I have seen a lot higher increase in, you know, coming in to visit with me uh, or my intern or just kind of shutting down. Um, that's kind of more of what we see is students shutting down and not doing work and uh, not being able to complete their tasks that they used to. Um, generally speaking, as I said earlier, I have, I do some contract work um, for my LPC and I have seen an increase in clients um, in the past probably three months. Um, I'm at my highest capacity currently. So I do think uh, COVID has affected uh, everybody in general. Yeah, I feel like looking back in March when we were full distance learning, my biggest struggle was like the, the not knowing and the constant whirlwind of not knowing if something's going to happen or if it was going to happen. And I like to be very structured and have control over what's going on and losing that control like really bothered me. Um, And so now I don't feel that as much because we, thankfully we've been pretty constant, but I know there's a lot of people listening that haven't gone back. I think that is a big thing is that it's out of our control and we don't know who's going to get it or if you're going to test positive. Um, and that's the big thing that I'm seeing. And so I work a lot with things that are in our control and things that you can, um, control yourself because you have no idea with COVID. Yeah. So I guess how, how have you coped, I guess, during this stressful time? Um, and like as ourselves professionals, like what are strategies that, you think are really good coping mechanisms um, for, let's start with adults maybe, like what can we as professionals do during this time to cope? When I was in grad school, one of the biggest things our, one of um, our professors preached to us was self-care. 
Um, and I think to incorporate that into your life is easier said than done. I know I would find myself working, uh, especially last spring, later hours than I would at the school. If we were in school, I'd be on my computer. Uh, you know, I'd be off my computer by four. Um, when I was at home, my computer was always there. And so I think it's just important to remember those things. I know um, I finally just took an afternoon off and took some personal leave uh, and just did some things on my own, went shopping. Um, and I think just making sure that you have those coping skills, whether it's knitting or watching mind, mindless TV, um, it's important to incorporate those things. Working out is a big thing. Uh, meditating, I use a couple apps and I can honestly say that I've used the apps myself. Um, and so yoga is a good thing. Um, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself, you're not burning yourself out. Yeah, I think for myself too, when Nikki could probably echo it, last March when we closed down too. I mean, I would have students emailing me at mm -hmm. 11 o'clock at night and I would answer it Yeah, because I, we're just so used to like always being there for our students and we mm -hmm. never really were able to like clock out. Right. And I think the hardest thing like in the spring for the teachers was that you normally would see your students in school. And so I feel like all the teachers were just trying to make those connections, even if it was at 11 o'clock at night answering an email. So, um, and making sure that you do shut off your computer and um, that you're not answering those emails at 11 o'clock because that just, it just extends your day and you burn out quicker. Well, and I found that my kids are really understanding. And even now we went, you know, virtual for a, a second and we're going to hopefully uh, return face to face, but you know, I told them I'm available eight to three, please reach out to me though. Uh, don't expect an answer immediately. Uh, if I'd rather wake up the next morning and see your question at 630 and be able to answer your question so that when you wake up, you have the answer to that question yeah. um, and you can move throughout your day. Uh, but don't, don't demand an answer at 10 o'clock at night. And I had kids that would even message me and say, you know, Hey, Ms. Phil, I have a question on this. I'm confused on this. Uh, when you get a chance, no rush. And even last night, a student messaged me and uh, let me know that he had turned something in and I still had it marked as missing. And he's like, don't worry about it. I just want to let you know it was there. Uh, and he was really kind about it. So I think if, as long as you communicate those boundaries. And I think this year is easier because last year it was like, <laughs> bam, we went, yeah, it was like Friday and yeah. we were like, see you all next week. Have a great weekend. And then the weekend, it was, Sunday, it was late Sunday night. Yeah. Like you, you switched. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The weekend never ended. And in North Dakota, we had seen it in other States, but I think mm -hmm. like we were naive to think that it wasn't going to happen to us. Um, and then, yeah, the next week never came. And then here we were like, for was a whole week where we just didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. Like, they're like, we're not coming to school. We don't know what school's going to look like. Just hang out for a little while. Well, and I think that plays into it too. Just the unknown last spring. Oh my gosh. Was, That's it, it just my not, no guidance. And so I think that played into a lot of people's just like it raised that anxiety and then you had no idea um, what you were doing or how you were going to do it and how you were going to deliver You're an A teacher. How are you going to deliver a hands-on lesson? Um, mm -hmm. And so I found that that Meaningful was a mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I found for all of our teachers here at the center, um, it was a struggle. Like I know they were frustrated. The students were frustrated because they didn't take auto or construction to sit on a computer and do lessons on a computer. And so it was, it was a major source of, of 
frustration on both ends. And I agree that communication is a big thing even now. When I think too, like while Nikki and I are both, I mean, Nikki's distance for a little bit right now, but she's going back face to face. And while I'm face to face and a lot of teachers in North Dakota are, I think there's still a lot of that uncertainty because as the cases rise in North Dakota, I mean, it's made national news how our cases are rising. Um, and now as we sit here today, we're getting like six inches of snow outside in October. So a lot of that, like, you can't really be outside as much. You can't enjoy the yeah. sunshine. You can't, um, you're, you're worried about what school is going to look like in the next month. And it's kind of that whole anxiety, panic, whatever, right. all over. Again. I, I said last week that I think this winter will feel like the longest winter of our lives because normally here, that's the time where, you know, like January, February, where you're like, just, you're ready for a break. You need a break. You know, mm-hmm. it's been cold and terrible outside. And now with all this happening, I can't imagine what it's going to look like. So I think it's, it's more important than ever now to find ways to cope. And oh, absolutely. Um, Especially in North Dakota, our winters yeah. are long to begin with. And so I think um, it, in the, the nights are longer. Like I know I leave yeah. for work and it's dark out and usually I get home and it's starting to get dark out now. And so um, it is important to mm-hmm. make sure that you have those skills. Yeah. It's very common that like, especially for ag teachers mm-hmm. in North Dakota of this time to not see daylight, <laughs> which is really sad. But like by the time, you know, you leave for work, like I have a commute. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I, I leave early, so it's dark at the school and work all day. And, you know, if you have practices after school and so forth, you know, you're driving home in the dark again. Right. Um, well, and that's where that seasonal affective disorder comes into play. And it's even more important because you just, you don't get that sunlight yeah. and we don't have all of that stuff. So, and yeah. And the constant too of, you know, am I going to be in the classroom? <laughs> am I going to be, you know, identified as a close contact? Right. Do I need to go home and teach from home? And that, and it's, it just like uplifts your life. Well, and even just the unknown of who's going to be in your classroom, which students are going to be quarantined and which students are close contacts and, and kind of fighting that. I know there's a mask battle between schools. Um, Luckily, one of my schools is mandatory. Uh, And so I just feel um, that, yeah. And trying to be supportive, Mm -hmm. like having some apathy, but being positive. And I saw something online yesterday about, you know, this, this over positive isn't helping either. And I, mm-hmm. and I'm a, I would say I'm an overly positive person uh, because I just, I would rather work in that mindset. I know yeah. that I, I strive better in that mindset, but you know, there's people out there saying that this over positivity is not good either in the sense that people need to see our struggles. Um, and so in the classroom, I feel yeah. like I'm, you know, trying to be that cheerleader when sometimes you need to be that person where kids can vent to and, and have their frustrations. And it's really hard right now because your classroom looks so much different all the time. And every day it's different. You don't know who's going to be there. Uh, and, and then when they go online, you know, being mindful, do, do they feel comfortable joining virtually? Do they not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they, maybe they don't want to join virtually because they don't want to sit in front of a computer for eight hours. Like I started the school year in quarantine and I wanted to pull my hair out. And so now every kid that's out, I ask them, like, if you don't want to come to class, like we'll do it later. Like you do not need to sit in front of a computer screen for eight hours. 
you won't get anything from it. I agree. And I think it's just being understanding and building those relationships with those students and reaching out to them. I know um, when I have students, if I know they go into online present or their distance learning, whatever, I try to check in with them at least when they first go um, with whether they're in quarantine. And I feel like reaching out to them is just giving them that boost of, okay, they do care. I'm still here. I'm still a part of their mm-hmm. classroom. And I think that's really important too. Um, and it's, I know it's different for teachers. I feel like teachers have great relationships with their students and you should be doing that even more um, because sometimes for kids, it's really hard. We had several kids out for a while and um, it was a struggle for some of them. Like we had parents calling and saying, Hey, could your teachers reach out because she's really struggling um, and just to show them that you are there um, to support them as well, even if it's not their fault. I mean, whether they're a close contact or right. they're testing positive, it's, it's no out of our control. It happens to us. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What strategies did help you, Brianna, like for coping? Like, especially right now or just in, just general? in general, like what are your like go-to well, I would love to say working out, but <laughs> I also hate working out. I I know when I do it consistently, I do feel good about it. Mm-hmm. But right now that's not my go-to. Like someone has to force me to use that coping strategy. But yeah, I mean, I guess for me personally, like I try to get everything done before I leave work. I don't like to bring work home uh, because I like to be able to spend time on my own and spend time with my fiance and and just have some time at home and not constantly be thinking about work. Um, I also on Fridays, like I tell all my kids, I do not stay late on Fridays when that bell rings. Um, I usually leave right away. That's not a day that I'm going to stay late so that I can actually like go and enjoy the weekend. Um, and then I would say too, I've been actually doing like, like for any food labs or whatever we're doing, I've been doing like grocery pickup at Walmart, which has helped like immensely with that. Cause I spend so much time like shopping for different class supplies. So that's helped too. Mm. What about you, Nikki? Um, I'm, t- I guess just setting more boundaries. You know, somebody the other day on Instagram, I shared something and they just said, gosh, I wish, I wish I could set more boundaries. And I think if you're listening and you haven't been to Accelerate Conference from NAAE, uh, please look into it because it's, uh, that's life-changing. But I try to use some of the skills from that, um, I, I do take work home. Uh, do I always do it when I get home? No, but I like to take my work on this nice little trip. Um, so I lately, I guess, have been trying to pick a night or two in my week that I'll stay late. Uh, and that's when I'm going to do the work that I can't take home. Maybe um, I, so for example, I had to recently do some engraving on the laser engraver. I physically can't take my engraver home. So I picked that night to stay late and get it done. And then I found other things that I could do along with it. So I try to like be mindful. I've been going home earlier as well, but I cannot work at home uh, unless I force myself. And I really have to be mindful when I get home because otherwise I'll get distracted. So I've been more strategic with that. I use a planner. I spend, I don't know, like $50 on a planner if that seems absurd. But for me, like it's, I, it helps me stay organized. Um, I set timers, which seems really cheesy. And my sister's probably going to listen to this episode and roll her eyes, but I do it in my personal life. I do it in my professional life. I do it for my kids. Uh, if I need to get work done, I will have my list. And I, first I start with the, 
the biggest nastiest frog so if you can read the book eat that frog so i pick the worst thing on my to-do list sometimes that's laundry at home sometimes this it's a big task you know uh, in the classroom and i set i set a timer 20 minutes and i work on that one thing for 20 minutes and when the timer goes off i set a 10 minute timer i go work on something else for 10 minutes and i come back to that big nasty frog for 20 more minutes um, and I just kind of chunk things. So I stay on task. Uh, it seems weird, but it really, really helps me. And, uh, I do, I do it at home as well. Uh, so I guess other than that, I mean, obviously friends and, uh, family and, uh, venting to colleagues who understand where you're coming from. Like, I love my husband, but he doesn't get it. Um, because he hasn't lived, I mean, he hasn't lived in the education world. So finding those people that can be your champions and listen to you when you need it, but then also cheer you on uh, when you need it as well has been huge for me. At our professional development at the beginning of the school year, we had uh, Gary Brooks uh, speak and he talked about that as well. Like finding that one person or was it the other speaker? I don't remember. One of them talked about that. I think it was him. Um, You know, finding that person that you're able to vent to and they understand. I agree. People that don't work in education, don't understand what we go through on a daily basis and I think that was a lot of misperception like with parents and the public that oh teachers are at home sitting at home last spring they're not doing anything and it's like no we worked harder than we ever have and so I think it is important um, to have those people that you can you know laugh with cry with um, and just be able to and problem solve yeah and problem solve if you're having an issue absolutely yeah you need somebody that's kind of out of your your school that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, neutral. On the, yeah, neutral on the outside and, and is gonna and help you out. And that's just not even in a pandemic. Like mm-hmm. that's all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know, pick your top five people and keep them real close because you're going to need them all the time in education. Yeah. So, yeah. but so what are some strategies for students? I, I know last year I, I had some kids that struggled, kids that were good kids in school. And mm-hmm. I think back to how I am as a student, I would not have excelled at this. Uh, I still don't like taking my master's degree online. Like I, I am not a great online person. I need some accountability. Um, so what are some strategies for our kids that teachers can use and parents, you know, people listening also have kids um, how can we how can we help them during this time? I think the number one, and I already said this number one thing is reaching out and building that relationship. Um, kids need to know that you're there for them. You get to now you I mean most of the time you get to see them every day in the classroom, and so I think it that relationship is the number one thing and having that on your side. Um, and just making sure you're checking in with those kids because we know those kids that do really well in school. I was one that I couldn't do online either. Like I'm an in-person, I want to be there. Um, and so for those kids that we know normally do really well in school, if they're struggling to make sure that you're reaching out and not just, you know, one time and oh, we're done, but, you know, check in on them. Even those kids that are doing really well. I mean, I have a couple of distance learners that are top of their class. And so, but not leaving those kids out either uh, and making sure that you, you are checking in on them. Yeah. I think that's the number one thing. Yeah. I think relationships is huge. That was as a staff member last year. I felt like our school was like scrambling to make distance learning work for kids that we forgot about our staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had no one checking in on us. 
I mean, that was in the school. And I, I can honestly say, I think I, I feel like that's a lot of schools. I mean, I don't, we kind of all just did our own thing and we just went, went at it. And that's a hard thing to not feel support from your colleagues as well. And it wasn't that they don't like, obviously like my, I work with great people, right? but we're all just like, you know, how do we do this? Like our, what? Like, yeah, uh, we're, we're on our houses. island yeah. with our boat that has yeah. a hole in it, and we're just scooping that water out of the boat <laughs> like crazy. But you know, we were too busy worrying about our boat to be mm. able to check in on anybody else's boat, and we're all waving our white flag, but there's yeah. no one answering. Yeah. Now, yeah. one thing I guess for my students, like kind of with building the relationships last spring, is I sent like individual postcards to every mm-hmm. single one of my students. And at my previous school, I still saw probably a hundred students a day. So I sent out a hundred postcards, which took a while, but I got more comments back Mm -hmm. from students like texting me or emailing me or messaging me on Schoology, just saying how much they appreciated that. And some of them, I do feel like they were more willing to do the assignments for me, like after receiving that, because I got some assignments, I got some responses back from students Mm -hmm. that hadn't been responding to me, Mm -hmm. hadn't been turning anything in. And one well, of, just a, like, it makes everybody yeah. feel special when they get mail, you know? I'm a nerd. I like, I did the exact same thing with all my students and I, I think I wrote just under 300 postcards. Um, I felt like it was just another way to connect with the students and just let them know that you're thinking about them. And so that's, that was a great thing. And the kids know like that that's not required of a mm-hmm. teacher. And so when they yeah. get that, and if you take the time to write it and it's got something personal, uh, mm-hmm. once Brianna did it, she mentioned it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that too. <laughs> and I teach way less kids. And I, at the end of writing, I don't know, 50 of them, my hand was dying. So I don't know how you guys did so many, but uh, I got a lot of compliments yeah. or kids would just pop on in the live classes. Hey, thanks for the mail. Like, yeah. you know, just a, just something for them to smile I ended up at the end of the year sending them um, a celebration in an envelope. So they got an envelope with, sorry to any parents listening that got one, but I sprinkled confetti in there. So some of the kids like opened it very violently. And so there's probably still confetti in their home. Um, But it also included a pack of seeds, a balloon and a bookmark and the confetti represented our celebrations so they we opened them together in class uh the confetti rep- represented a celebration something that they wanted to celebrate so in the chat of class they you know type something that they wanted to celebrate and some kids said like oh i got better at measuring or they picked something the balloon we blew up and we popped and that was something that we we're ready to like um, we're happy it's over and we're we're happy to move on uh and the bookmark Um, I found a dictionary and I picked a word that I felt represented each of those kids and I cut it out and laminated it and sent it to them um, and then wrote them all a little note. So um, that was pretty fun. Interesting. Uh, Side note though, for those of you that want to do that, uh, make sure that there's no bad words (laughs) on the same page. Um, Yeah, just trust me (laughs) on that. so yeah, that was really fun. And peop- kids that I never thought would have liked it commented back and thought mm-hmm. it was thoughtful. So uh, find something this year to to continue to build those connections. Yeah. And that's something now that we're face-to-face, I'm still going to continue to do like, yeah. m- and make those connections because the kids just love that. 
Well, not even with the postcard thing this year, I sent uh, postcards to my new kindergarten teachers or kindergarten students, not teachers. Um, and the next time I went into class, all of them were so excited because I addressed it to them and they were so excited to see that. And so yeah. I think just um, doing things like that, we've done things in class where I've sent it home to um, our distance learners saying, hey, just thinking about you, miss you in class. Um, and doing that kind of stuff is going to help them a lot. Yeah. My school is really big on right now, like supporting the teachers. Um, so a couple of the different things that the counselors are organizing in Wapiton and some of the, the two leadership classes, both in the high school and the middle school, um, the counselors had us all fill out a survey that said like, this is my favorite pop. This is my favorite candy. Um, you know, all these things that I like. And then they've been challenging us each month. So the first month, I think it was to send something to a new teacher. The second month was to bless someone in your department. So to give something to them. And I think they have a theme throughout the year. Um, but then the leadership classes are having us kind of like sign up for what we want. And then on Monday or sometime next week, they're going to bring all the teachers like a muffin and juice and, and stuff like that to kind of like show the teachers that, you know, they're supporting us and That's that cool. they're thinking of us. Yeah. And there's, there's still ways that you guys can do that too. If you're hybrid or virtual, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you have a community group that could do, you know, um, deliveries, you know, you're gonna have to get creative, but that work will go a long way. Online <laughs> last year, I, I saw a lot of kids or schools, they went around and put signs in their yard mm -hmm. um, to honor different kids for different things or just to, to cheer them up and um, so go online and, and find something that works for your school. Uh, there's grant money out there. You can apply for a $400 living to serve grant uh, and maybe implement some of these um, good things in your school. But um, so we have like two months left of 2020. We're end of October. And, you know, right now there's a lot of negativity out there and a lot of blame 2020, like, you know, something bad happens and like, Oh, well, it's 2020, of course, you know, so how can we empower ourselves and empower other people to kind of write their own ending? Like we have two months left. Let's write our own ending for 2020. Um, well, I think there's just a lot of, I mean, I know COVID has not been good and 2020 hasn't been good, but there's a lot of positive things that have come out of it. Number Number one, I know for myself, I was reaching out to friends that I hadn't talked to in years. And so I was like, let's do a Zoom date, you know, during, during COVID. And so mm -hmm. I was able to build some of those relationships back up. And I think it's just reframing um, our thought process. One of my, yesterday, one of my teachers said, um, and he, he is not very tech savvy um, and he would probably laugh if he was listening to this I'm not tech savvy <laughs> at all um and he's like you know one of the good things that's come out of this is that I actually really like Google Classroom and I like bursted out laughing because it, he can hardly turn on his computer and now he's telling us that he likes Google Classroom yeah. and so I think we need to focus on the positive things that have come out of 2020 versus the negative things yeah there's a lot of rotten stuff um but, I feel like there is in every year it's just yeah it's just we can't we have some we feel like we have something yeah. to blame it on and so looking at those positives and I'm so glad that teacher like he's like I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm not gonna ever not use Google Classroom and so those things I think focusing on that and finding something that's gone well for you um or even something small such as you know my kids got excited when I sent them postcards last year you know focusing on that and um finding just new ways to deal with it. 
Yeah, I think it's always like reframing it to be kind of more mm-hmm. positive. And that's what we tell our students like yeah. in job interviews too, is turning your, your weaknesses into strengths. But yeah. um, my principal, every morning on the announcement, he does something called positive in the present. So he has all the students, they're supposed to like, keep track of everything in like a journal or a notebook or whatever from every single day. And they're supposed to write down something positive. And he's really pushing it right now as we're oh, like that. inside mm-hmm. more and we're, you know, it's colder out and everything, but maybe that's something you can do in your own classroom. If your school doesn't want to do it as at the beginning, maybe yeah. it's a five minute bell ringer and that's, they're supposed to write down something positive that happened to them the day before or that yeah. morning or that weekend or whenever they're doing it. Yeah. gratitude I think that's a big thing um, I work with clients on gratitude journals and even students of writing down something that they're grateful for through the day because then when you are struggling you can go back and say oh yeah even if it's as small as I have running water and I have heat you know some of us, the reality is some of our kids don't even have that but um, being grateful and going back and remembering what we have and it could be a lot worse I think that's a, a good thing too Yeah, which is hard for some kids, you know, to Mm -hmm. put themselves in other people's shoes. But how easy is it to focus on something kids are proud of or excited about or um, happy with in their life and celebrating that in the classroom? Um, I guess, what are some things like from us that have come from 2020 that probably would have never happened without this? Like, I, it, it makes me think of like virtual coffee with Hannah uh, and Sarah, the green and growing community, that virtual coffee came from pandemic teaching, uh, and they got Mm -hmm. this community of teachers together across the nation, right. Um, together to, to just be there, uh, and, and have some support systems that would have never happened. Um, and some of, you know, my close friends who I've never even met now in person, I've got from that. So what are some other things that, you guys feel that you'll continue to do uh, because uh, because you did it during the pandemic or something positive that came from it? Uh, I'm continuing with postcards. Um, even if we are in person, I think I'm still going to either, I haven't decided when, but I, I am a nerd and I like to get mail. And so for kids to see something in the mail that's theirs, um, that's one thing that I'm going to continue to practice and um, and being more mindful about reaching out to students, um, whether it's email, phone call, um, remind, text, whatever. Um, and I think that's something that I'm really working hard on and just making sure um, that th- they aren't forgotten. Yeah. I just think too, some of like the creativity that our FFA chapters have come up with mm-hmm. too, and all of the ways, like Nikki and I did that that virtual like race um, hundred mile challenge that we probably wouldn't have done or probably wouldn't have even been a thing no, yeah. if, if COVID wasn't here. So just the way that we were able to kind of connect across the country in so many Well, on this podcast, ways. I mean, like, to be honest, we had a lot of time on our hands and we had been talking about it for a year and well, we had the time to start it and get it going. And, um, yeah, so. our adopt an egg teacher thing that feels like it happened five years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy buckets came out of it. And I feel like there was a lot of connections that came from that too, that wouldn't have been there before. Yeah. So, well, those of you listening, make sure, you know, sit down and make a list of these positive things. And we challenge you to do it with your classroom or your student leadership team or your kids at home uh, and, or staff members. I mean, if you're in charge of a personal learning community or just send out an email uh, and get 
uh, teachers' responses and, and celebrate with everybody uh, now more than ever. And we we challenge you to um, rewrite your your own ending to 2020. Uh, Danielle, thank you for being here with us today. Uh, we'll put some resources in the show notes uh, from Danielle, uh, including the apps that she uses and some other work-life balance tips. Um, so definitely go uh, check that out. Uh, continue to like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we thank you for listening.